This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. And we are back. Good morning. Welcome once again to the fabulous and ever-evolving Naz and Wally Sports Hour right here on the new AM740. Just to remind you once again that this is a call-in show. And the numbers are 416-360-0740 or toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. we got a couple of people in the house this morning. we got Sean Clement. Naz Marchese, of course, and the ever-lovable Walter Rigabon. Uh, discussion across the street, first thing. Very hectic week in sports, according to Mr. Marchese. And uh, a couple things we want to touch base on just, to, just, just uh, to get the show rolling. We do have, and we're starting up our email question of the week. We'll get on to that. But I just want to turn it over to Walter. He's going to do a quick recap of this week in sports. And again, what do you think, Walter? What happened this week, and uh, what do you think is newsworthy? First of all, good morning to all of our good listeners. Morning. Great to be here. Another uh, fantastic week in sports. Sports, lots of things happened. Raptors are in the thick of a hot, uh, hot series against the Nets. Game four tonight. Jays, bit of a disappointing week. NHL playoffs, uh, some fantastic hockey, uh, some great series up yeah. and down both ways in, in, in a lot of things. Uh, of course, we've got uh, our our golf man in again this morning, Sean Clement. He's so handsome in the golf guy. wisdom <laughs> segment. Yeah, he's a he's a great looking guy. We we got to get him. We got to get you out there a little bit more, Sean. <laughs> he's married. Uh, in his golf wisdom segment, at the bottom of the hour, fascinating topics today: target and alignment. Really looking forward to that. I need that. But uh, let's get right into it, Naz. NHL. Uh, we made a bad pick last Sunday. Unfortunately, we both picked the Detroit Red Wings, and that didn't uh, that didn't happen. What happened in that series? Uh, Boston really turned turned it on and uh, played really well. Physical. Detroit couldn't handle their uh, their the, the Bruins' physical play. And now, looking at them, I see them going all the way now. The Bruins winning the whole thing. Uh, they're just that good. So a matchup with Montreal is a slam dunk. Well, I, I've got a bit of a different take on it. Um, the the Habs uh, the Habs are looking good, they're looking good. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, I, I'm still looking for my Habs jersey. Well, I think I, I can't find number twelve. I used to have a number twelve Habs jersey, but it seems to have disappeared. But the Habs match up well against the Bruins. Um, goaltending goaltending is better. Price uh, I is say price better. I wouldn't uh, say better. Hold on, probably hold on. Equal. Hold on. Um, uh, better than Detroit's goaltending. Uh, definitely, Price is a big improvement over the monster Gustafson and and uh, Jimmy Howard. Uh, Habs have four lines that are that they can roll right now, and I think that the key to the series is if they go after Chara. I, I think the way to break the Bruins down, dump the puck in his corner, go after him, hit him. He coughs up the puck, get some turnovers, keep the pressure on. 
And uh, Habs, Habs seem to play better. Uh, uh, Bruins seem to have a tougher time against the Habs than any other team in the league. Boston has leaders on their team, though. They have Chera, and they and I'm really pulling for Jerome McGinley. He hasn't won a cup, and this is probably the best place for him to win it. Yeah. I'm really pulling for him. He is the ultimate leader of uh, in the NHL. San Jose, L.A. I thought San Jose um, looked fantastic up until this week. They lost the two games in a row. Um, they look like they're in a little bit of trouble for a team that I thought was going straight to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, lost again last night. Got shut out at home. Three zip. Got to go into L.A. Uh, tough one there. They lose game six. All bets are off game seven. Yeah, it could go seven games. Although San Jose, it's in their favor. Not many teams come back from 3-0. So I'm still picking the Sharks, but uh, they didn't play very well last night. And L.A. has played their game now. The first two games, they gave up seven goals per game. And Quick played well last night, and they uh, shut them out 3-0. Yeah. Other thing, uh, another big issue in the NHL this week, um, uh, aside from the hockey on the ice, was some decisions that were made off the ice. Very controversial. Matt Cook, and that brings us to our email question of the week. Yes. From Brad in Toronto. Email question of the week, and is is a seven-game suspension for Matt Cook enough? Yes? Well, I don't like the guy personally. He goes out of his way to injure players and end careers. He ended uh, Savard's career in Boston. Uh, He didn't play after that. Uh, he deliberately hit. So you figured that was really intentional. That, that oh yeah, that was definitely intentional. He had strides on that. You mentioned something to that effect. And I think this is his seventh or eighth offense. I mean, he's done it before many, many times. Like he hasn't done anything in three years. But uh, to me, I do not like that player, and I, he shouldn't be in the NHL. And it was gutless what he did. Okay, I want to come back to that point? Um, he hasn't done it in three years. Uh, does that make a difference? For me, it doesn't. I mean, he's he's got a history, um, and as you as you said, he he ended Mark Savard's career. Yep. Uh, who is who is a very very fine player, and just obliterated his career. I know how many other people he's injured, and uh, we were talking about this before the before the show today, Naz, and you were making some comments about John Don Cherry. Yeah, Don uh, Cherry went crazy last night, and you know what? I agreed with everything he said. Here's the situation with that he went into, and this is what uh, Don said last night. He goes, here's a guy who gets seven-game suspension who could possibly play in the playoffs in the next series if Minnesota beats Colorado. They're down three games to two. But if Minnesota beat Colorado, he could play in the next series. He also pointed out when you get suspended in the playoffs, you don't pay fines. You don't get paid and you don't pay fines. So he could go in, play against uh, um, the next team, and still not get uh, fined for it. And he brought up the point of Rafi Torres, who got suspended for hitting Hosa. Yeah. He got the rest of the playoffs plus 20 games. It cost him a quarter of a million dollars. I've, I've, had a, I've, had a, I've been peeved with uh, NHL disciplinary policy for a long, long time. I, you know, there, there are guys out there in the NHL that are going after heads. And, and we see it all the time. Um, careers being ruined, ended, 
and, and ending up with three, four, five game suspensions. And it, it doesn't make any sense to me. They've got to bring the book down hard on some of these guys. When I mean hard, you want to go after somebody's head? You know what? 20 games. I don't have a problem with it. And I don't think most fans have a problem with it. I, I, I found it really disturbing when you're trying to um, match suspensions to what you do. And I'm not the biggest David Clarkson fan, as, as we've talked about on, 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 uh, on the show before. But 10 games for coming in and helping out a teammate, salvaging your most valuable player, you, who's getting his bell rung by some Neanderthal on the Buffalo Sabres, and he gets 10 games for that. And we've got other guys that are ending careers and are getting three, four games. How does that make any sense? Now, I appreciate the fact that in the Clarkson ruling, that's automatic. It's not discretionary at all. You come off the bench, you get 10 games. That's it. They couldn't have done anything different than that one. But seven games in the middle of a hot playoff series, you take out somebody's knee, you alter the course of a series, you get seven games, and that's it. He should be out minimum the rest of the playoffs and probably half a next season, if not the whole season. They've got to get serious about this stuff. There's way too many concussions, way too much lack of respect amongst players, and enough is enough. You know, Seabrook got three games. He deserved it. He, yeah. he, he should have got more, too. But uh, this guy is a gutless player, Matt Cook, very gutless. And previous to that, uh, that knee hit, he hit a couple of Colorado players' head checks that they never even called a penalty on. So this guy was after them the whole game. And, and I'm sure in the dressing room they said, you know, we have to really go after these young Colorado players to get them off their game. And so that we can uh, do something in the in this series. So now, are you suggesting in any way, shape, or form that, that, that there may be a call from the bench or from the dressing room for this guy to go out there and uh, be able, be be uh, more than underhanded in in, in his style of uh, hockey? Let me in order let to me ju- cut yeah. you off there. No, no. Okay, I'm, I know where you're I going with throwing, that. I'm not. No. I'm not going anywhere. No. I'm just suggesting. Well, I'm asking we you know, guys we're, to we're, see if we're you going it. we're going to Todd yeah. Bartuzzi and, and 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 Moore here. And so you know, uh, not saying we got to be careful, but. Yeah. I'm no, no, sure right. in the dressing rooms, nobody, saying no coach, no. given what's happened in that lawsuit, I guarantee you, no coach so is, is saying a, take that guy out. So that's it's a long, not, it's that's a long not happening. But it's I do, I do think that they they do mention we got to be more physical with these guys. I'm not saying that he's been designated to go knee on knee on a player. So what compels he, a guy to go out there and do that? Like if he has a history of doing it, don't you think that under the circumstances you'd be a little bit more careful and cautious in telling this guy what to do and how to handle yourself well, in addressing him? This is guy the coach even remotely responsible. No, there, there, there's no targeting of players going on. I mean, let, let's let's call it. Let, let's let's be realistic here. Yeah, no, no, you know, Todd Bertuzzi still hasn't, and and it was it Steve Moore. It wasn't Dominic Moore. Was it Steve Moore? Steve Moore. Steve yeah. Moore. I think their case is coming to court this fall or something like that. So they're ultra-sensitive. Coaches and management are ultra-sensitive nowadays. There are no specific names mentioned in dressing rooms, I can guarantee you. Um, so are they being told to go out and be physical? Of course, that's hockey. Yeah. You know, you go out, you know, take your man out, hit him into the boards, uh, uh, clean checks by all means. It's a but physical they do, game. They do target players. It's not that they specifically say, "Oh, we're going to go out and get so and so." But they no, do no. Be players. careful when you say that, Naz. Be careful when they you target say that. them to be they physical, Wally. With they, them. They, they do. 
they'll target. Uh, they might say, "Okay, we've got it. We've we've got to be physical with Chara exactly. in the corner." I'll 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 agree with that. But uh, there's a fine line there that 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 a court is going to decide about in 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 the Bertuzzi thing, and, I, and I'm sure management and coaches are very sensitive to that. Well, we're going to get back to that. We're just going to go through a commercial break. We'll come back and we'll pick it up where we left off. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when my wife accused me of having an affair. How could I tell her that I was hopelessly in love with extra thin crust pizza from Pizzaville? I didn't ask for this to happen. It was so thin, so delicate, so delicious. I can't bear to share it with my wife. She wants me to see a counsellor, but I don't want to share it with him either. Call Pizzaville for an extra thin crust pizza at 736-3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This van took our family on some of the best and worst road trips. Every vehicle holds memories, which makes saying goodbye tough. Give your car a legacy to remember. Donate it to Kidney Car. You'll benefit those living with kidney disease, and that's a memory you can cherish. Kidney Car offers fast, free towing, plus a minimum tax receipt of $300. Call 1-866-788-CARS or visit kidneycar.ca. Kidney Car. Donate. Feel great. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. Yeah, we're back. And just a reminder again, uh, give us a call at uh, 416-360-0740 or toll-free at one 740 Naz Wally and Sean Clement in the house this morning. And uh, we left it at the uh, the issue of Walter. Pick it up where we left us. Suspensions. Uh, and, I had a, uh, a comment sent in. A couple um, of suggestions, yeah. Um, question. Um, when we're dealing with suspensions, uh, NHL suspension, should the the player being suspended be out as long as the other as the injured player is out? Naz? They tried this in the OHL for a while, and it worked for a little bit, but then they had to go away from it because they weren't sure how long the guy would be out. 
and really it's it's the intent too also of the of the of the play right sometimes what happens is you get a concussion and you could be out three four games you can be out three four months right depending yeah. on the severity of the play so it's hard to do it that way although I, in principle i agree with it it's a difficult um um i think it's i think the whole issue is better addressed through the severity of the penalty um and and we've discussed uh, i'm i'm certainly of the opinion that the penalties for some of what's going on in the NHL are, are just not severe enough. You, you want to take a guy out in the head, you know, 15, 20 games. You do it again, um, do it again, 30, 40 games. I don't have a problem with it. You well, want to at- go after somebody's head and you want to take the chance intentionally. You go after somebody's head intentionally. You want to take the chance that you're going to end his career, then you're going to take that chance. And five games doesn't do the trick. Let's talk about something that happened uh, a week and a half ago with Milan Lucic, where he spears uh, uh, a guy from Detroit, a defenseman. In the family jewels. In the family jewels. Yeah. He gets a $5,000 fine for that. It's a joke. And Joel Quenville. It's 2500 a jewel. <laughs> Wait till you hear this one. Wait till you hear this one. Joel Quenville gets $25,000 fine for grabbing his boys in public. <laughs> they should pay him to do that. They should pay him to do that. <laughs> oh well. Anyways, we you know we'll talk about that some more, and it's certainly a topic that never goes away because they keep taking each other out in the NHL. Uh, Raptors have got the city turned on. They're in the thick of a um, of a playoff series with the uh, Nets. Another big game tonight. Um, the big issue from Friday night's game. Officiating, and specifically the uh, the foul and the technical called with 47 seconds left in the game, and the brutality of of the of the game. Uh, Kyle Lowry looked like he'd gone 12 rounds with uh, with Joe Fraser after that game. It's swollen lip, stitch in his lip, banged yeah. up. Took an um, elbow, yeah. Um, still think the Raptors are in the thick of it. Think they're going to win tonight, and I still think they're going to win the series. Yes. Well, they've got to pick it up. Yeah, they're getting physically dominated by the uh, Brooklyn team, and also the turnovers are killing them. I think oh. they're averaging like uh, seventeen or eighteen a game. It's just, just awful, just and uh, they right they can't survive if they're going to keep turning over Hard the ball. Watch. Well, it, it, sometimes I watch the game, and it looks like I'm watching the Royal Rumble in the WWE. I mean, you know, Brooklyn just set out to physically dominate. The Raptors, and that's and that's their strategy. It, it would appear, and the refs seem to be letting it all go. And it, you know, it's just it's just physically a tough series for the Raptors. But you know, Friday night, referee, forty-seven seconds left in the game, calls a technical foul. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, where's the common sense? I mean, he couldn't just. You know what? You 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 want to stick your nose in the middle of that game and call a technical foul yeah. with 47 seconds left in the game? You can't overlook that. You don't understand what's on the line. You can't exercise a little bit of common sense and just let these guys play. Like, I mean, I tell you, I mean, we talk about referees and 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 good teams, I will I will agree, good teams overcome bad refereeing. Let me let me Okay. Be, let, let... But the NBA referees are absolutely the worst in professional sports. Oh, let me be the devil's advocate here. Um, and there's always been that conversation when it comes to 
Canadian teams involved in... That's not the issue, Neil. No, no, Neil. but just let me, just, okay, let me ask a question. This isn't a Canada-U.S. thing. I'm not going to get drawn into no, that. No, 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 it, no, They're it's, just bad referees. No, it's true. It's true. Okay? It's true. But this is the, these are the questions that the people out there are asking, Walter. This is not my question. As much as it is the opinion of people who are watching the game... I've heard that comment. I've heard that comment. You know, we, you know in, in Canada, sometimes we, you know, yeah. we got to act like, you know, like... We have this yeah. little bit of inferiority complex when it comes to Americans. I mean, let's get over We're it. We're bringing that up. Okay? It's not a Canada-U.S. thing. It's not a Toronto-New York thing. It's just the quality of the officiating in the NBA, game in and game out, leaves something to be desired. Well, well it, it really is it does. Balanced, though? Is and, it balanced, though? And, and the reverse side of the equation, then you appreciate how good NHL referees are because they're at the top of the food chain. Totally. They really are. Except for Carrie Free. When it comes to playoffs, though, they, they let things, they let more go hockey, basketball, doesn't matter what sport it is, they let more go at playoff time. And the Raptors right now are not playing well enough to win the series, and I don't believe they're going to win the series. I just think they're in this turnover mode, and I don't know if they're ever going to snap out of it this series. Uh, Brooklyn is a tough physical team, and I see them winning this series. Come see. Come game see. four tonight. It's a key game of the series. Um, Predictions. Whoever wins tonight's game is going to win the series, obviously. I think the Raptors are going to come back. I think they're going to cut down on, on – uh, they're going to minimize the turnovers. Uh, somehow they're going to uh, get their offense freewheeling a little bit more. Their problem has been T. Ross – uh, in this series, they can't seem to get him to do what he was doing um, uh, during the regular season. He's had a miserable series, and there's some talk that uh, you know they may replace him tonight. Bring in if he can't. So who has they to can't deliver? get him if they can't get him going offensively. Then you might as well bring in somebody who can take care of the defensive end because because Joe Johnson's been killing him. I mean, it hasn't been Garnett, you know, and Pierce overall. It's been Johnson. It's 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 the Nets backcourt's been killing them. Yeah, I uh, I just Terrence Ross is a young player, a very athletic uh, athletic player, uh, but he needs to gain some experience too. So uh, I'm not so worried about that. Let's get to uh, remind people that this is a Colin show. You can give us a shout at four one six three six zero zero seven four zero or toll free. One eight six six seven four zero forty seven forty. We haven't given people an opportunity. To ask questions, but we're we're on a, on a roll right now. And uh, do we want to talk about the Blue Jays? We got the Blue Jays. I think it's important. Uh, a week ago, again, like you say, they were tied for first last week, and this week they're tied for last. What the heck happened here? What happened is, oh, their pitching hasn't held up at all. Uh, they're not even going through four or five innings anymore, and they're going to their bullpen early. Uh, but I was at the game Friday night against the Red Sox, and. Um, they are. I find the Blue Jays to be a very, very selfish team. Don't get me wrong. I like Jose Bautista as a power hitter. But uh, he, to me, looks like he's a selfish guy. And he gives that impression out there. I'll give you an, 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 uh, a happening in the fifth inning of the game, fourth or fifth inning. The Jays were down 5 nothing, And they had Encarnacion at first and Bautista at second. They're one out. And Bautista runs and tries to steal third on the play. And I don't understand why he would go on his own and try to make that move. They're trying to get runs, and they're taking the bat away from the batter at the plate. I just find that to be very, very selfish. We have a caller uh, with a hockey question. It's uh, Paul from Scarborough. Paul, go ahead. Hi, uh, 
Guys, how you doing? Good morning, Good. Paul. Um, I got, okay, I, maybe you can straighten me out of this. The East Division in the NHL. Now, am I right in saying Pittsburgh finished second? Correct. And Columbus finished seventh? Yes. Well, if you watched that Detroit-Boston game yesterday, you would notice they were talking about Boston wins the series, they automatically play Montreal. How can that be? Yeah, because they go by conference. They go by uh, their division first. It's nothing to do. They don't recede in the NHL, which I don't agree with. They should recede. That's unfair to the team that uh, finished first or second. Yeah, they, they changed everything up from the way it used to be. It used to be one versus eight, two versus seven, and then you'd just keep doing it that way. Now they created, you play within, you play with, they call them divisions nowadays, yeah. don't they? Yeah. You play within your division first, and then who comes out of that division goes and ends up playing the winner of the other division. That's a good question, Paul. Thanks. Uh, back to baseball, where were we on that? Jays. Bautista. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Well, um, Jays pitching hasn't impressed so far. Uh, You know, Burley had uh, four great outings, um, got hit hard, got hit around a bit um, the other night. Um, They're not lasting. The starters are not lasting far enough into the game. I I saw a stat somewhere. um, They're averaging 16 outs per game. They keep that up, and their relief core probably won't last through June. So their starters better fill in a few more innings. Morrow was all over the plate yesterday. He had like seven walks. In three innings or two and three, two and two thirds innings, the only two starters that have done have been consistent is Burley and not Friday night, but Burley and Hutchison. The other three guys have really struggled, and uh, you can't go without having good starting pitching. We got to go for a commercial break. We'll be right back. We have a caller lined up, and we'll get to him as soon as we get back. It was a rainy day when Peterville asked, "How much loyalty is there in the world anymore?" Well, about 14 inches, we figure. Introducing Pizzaville's new loyalty program. After your sixth order, you'll receive a large 14-inch pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. You scratch our back, we feed your face. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. That's pizzaville.ca. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. A companion, a true companion, one that's there for you no matter what. That's what owning a pet brings to your life. And at Zoomer Radio, the new AM740, we want to help you find one. Visit our website as each week we profile a different pet of the week. Available for adoption at the Toronto Humane Society. Wonderful, loving companions who need homes. Maybe yours? To view this week's Pet of the Week, visit am740.ca. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. 
Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Alta Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. We're back. Again, just to remind people, this is a call-in show. Give us a call, 416-360-0740 or... Toll free one eight six six seven four zero forty seven forty. And quick reminder to visit us our visit our website www.nazimwali.ca. Uh, lots of great things there. And um, just to let people know as well, we do support uh, the foundation fighting blindness. Walter would say a few things about that. And uh, it's our uh, uh, it's our it's our privilege to be able to support this organization. It's called the Foundation Fighting Blindness. Uh, vision loss and eye disease affects millions of Canadians in lots of different ways. And this particular organization is doing some phenomenal work, research in all kinds of different areas. Yes. Restoring sight to lots of Canadians. And, and the one, one area that people would be surprised at is the amount of children yes. that suffer from eye disease. And they're doing some great work in that area. And they have so, a website that they can visit. So at, the uh, website is ffb.ca, yeah. the Foundation Fighting Blindness. Yeah, please visit there. And one uh, other thing, Ness, uh, Neil? We have, a, we have a caller, the governor, our friend, the governor. He wants morning, to talk guys. About, good morning. Good morning, morning, Gov. You know, I'd have to disagree with the comments about Bautista being selfish, and I want to point out what I think is the biggest problem with the Jays. I think it's their bench depth. And I'm going to refer to, to a couple of examples, the bookends of this four-game losing streak. Wednesday night, bottom of the ninth, you got the bases loaded. Jonathan Diaz is in, uh, who's, who, to, in my opinion, is, is a minor leaguer at best. He's in with the bases loaded, and he grounds out into a double play, ending the game, ending the chance that Jay's coming back. Yesterday, again, bottom of the eighth, Diaz is in, pinch-hitting again. Not sure why he's in pinch-hitting, but he's pinch-hitting. One out, and on six pitches, he strikes out, looking. I think the biggest problem is the bench depth. And this is the, the, the bench depth is what is the difference between a World Series team and an all-star ramp. What, do you, guys what do you guys think? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Gov. That's awesome. Good question. I agree with the bench strength. I still think Bautista is a selfish player, but I do agree with the bench strength. They had situations yesterday. They had a situation yesterday in the bottom of the ninth where uh, uh, Navarro hits a base hit, 
and he's left out there still running. That guy can't uh, – he turns a uh, triple into a single, you know. He's not a good runner, and they didn't replace him. They couldn't – they ended up moving a guy to second on a, on a play. And because they didn't have anybody on the bench, like a Rajay Davis, who is quick at, quick on the base path, they were stuck, and they lost the game 7-6. This is the type of thing. These are the little things are the, are the type of thing that loses games. Where other teams could come back because of their bench strength, this team doesn't have the bench strength. Um, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that at all. I'm. I'm not sure it's a question of bench strength or overall talent. Um, I don't think, and I haven't seen so far that that they're pitching is good enough, is good enough to win the AL East. Um, I don't see a horse, a guy that you put out there that you know can turn a streak around. Um, uh, they don't have that. a... Burley's tr- been that guy this year, though. I, I, he had one bad outing Friday night, but he's been pretty good. And the rest of them? Hutchinson's been good too. The other three haven't. They've they've been uh, really poor, as a matter of fact. And and I'd, their their relief core sort of worries me. Um, if if their starting pitching doesn't start to eat up more innings, they're going to run out of gas. It doesn't matter how good your relief core is. If they get, they keep coming in in the third or fourth inning, they're going to tire too. So that's probably well, what's yeah. Happening. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Nance. That's probably what's, what's happening, right? Yeah. One thing that I noticed on the on the Friday night I was there, and this is uh, something towards Rogers, the Rogers Center. The NBA, uh, the Raptors are in a playoff game, and they had three little TVs in a in a rum bar open. That's the only place you could watch on a screen the Raptors play. They have like a thousand TVs through the whole stadium, and they were only putting the game on three little TVs in a rum bar. Now, Rogers, if I'm not, I stand to be corrected, but I believe they own part of the Leafs too, well, I, right? I, Which is the I Raptors believe they own also. Half of it, yeah. half of it, half of the Leafs. Yeah. Why would they not put TVs on with the Raptor game? I'm not talking about every TV, but at least half the TVs, sure. right? The Jays were losing like seven one, six one. People <laughs> yeah, wanted insane. to go and watch the. <laughs> they wanted to watch, of course, you so, know, and they were you cheering. Know. You see these couple of thousand people watching three TVs. It reminded me of the seventy-two. <laughs> Canada Russia series. These little, these little TVs and uh, cafeteria well, and collegiate. Uh, What's the score? How much time is left? Exactly. Well, I think yeah. we should send the Blue Jays an email. I think you should send them an email uh, to, to their uh, communications so department, Naz, and, and and tell them somebody should tell them. It's yeah. terrible, just terrible. No, exactly. No. Well, you know what? I mean, realistically. Uh, was they competing against each other down there? I mean, what do you want to watch? I mean, what the heck's going on here in this in this market? It, it's just awful. Yeah. And the Jays were were brutal that night. Well, hopefully, you know, the coming week. Hope I was hoping that they would have a they would turn it around a little bit, but they turned it around in the wrong way. So let's let's hope for a good week from the Jays, and let's get back up above five hundred. Let's get back towards the top of the AL East. Don't don't the but, Jays you know, have a... you, you raised an interesting point about the little things that happen in a game, okay? And baseball is that type of sport, sure yep. okay? Baseball is the type of sport where um, a, a tactical or strategic move by a manager at the right time wins a game. Well, I know where he's going with okay. this. 
<laughs> and and I just don't feel that, in my assessment, that John Gibbons is making those key decisions, those little decisions uh, at at the key moments of the game that are winning games for them. And that's the beauty of a, of a sharp baseball mind. The Tony La Russa's and all the great managers of the past, they always make that one key decision in a game, tactical decision, um, that can that can win a game and baseball's that type of sport. I don't think I, I I just it's not my opinion that the Jays are getting that from Gibbons. No, I agree. I I don't think Gibbons is the right manager at all. Uh, when they they re-signed him, that was a bad move on their part. We have a caller. Uh, I want to talk about pitching staff. You're on the air. Go ahead. Not there. Not yet. Oh, sorry. False alarm. Okay, pitching sorry, staff. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> managers and uh, and coaches and stuff. Um, uh, in our conversations, Naz, you came up with an interesting theory um, or assessment um, dealing with the uh, coaching position of the Toronto Maple Leafs and some potential candidates. Um, you have a you have an interesting take on on that. Well, we'll get back we'll get back to it, but I think the Leafs are uh, going to approach. The Detroit Red Wings for Mike Babcock, and I'll come back with my yeah. I'm sorry, guys. It's just that uh, Frank is on the line. We uh, I just we just had the wrong line. I put up the line. Frank, you have a question about pitching staff regarding the the Toronto Blue Jays. You there? Hello. Yeah. Hi. Good morning, Frank. Oh, doing? good morning. If if I had a team like the Blue Jays, and their pitching was absolutely horrible, I would make the starters pitch four innings, and then another starter pitch the rest of the game. Unless they were having great problems to bring in someone from the bullpen who was just about almost as inadequate and uh, have them, the, the starters pitch only four innings unless they're going for a no-hitter or, you know, a zero game and leave them in for five and see how they do and, and so on. But I think that their pitching is just horrible. Yeah, well, you guys want to address that? I mean, you know, it, well, it's an interesting theory. Um, it's a tough one. Uh, un- unfortunately, and then this is where you get back to the expertise of a manager. Thanks, and one, one, one of the things a manager has to do well is manage innings. You know, arms only have so many innings in them in a year, yeah. and and a manager has to manage that. Unfortunately, if you put a starter out there for four innings, and then you put a starter out there for uh, for innings after that, it, it doesn't work because these these starters can only go out every fifth game or every fourth game. Makes sense. So you'll run out of you. You just after two games, you got four starters out there in two games. You got nobody to pitch. Those are old story. You, you can about, do it for a couple of games, but you it, can't. It doesn't do it for work. You, you you need starters to eat up six seven innings minimum. You was an old story on a about, consistent basis about the right? the Soviet Union. The Russians right. were trying to get into baseball. They, they they put pitchers out there. They would think that this game is a very simple game to learn. And if you can teach a guy to pitch around corners and pitch a ball over 100 miles an hour, they'd have their pitchers out there throwing a thousand million pitches. Right. Okay, and they'd be worn out after you know, like they would never last a, a half a season for crying. If, out. if we recall the great Jays teams of of the yes. of the early 90s, they had a formula. I mean, they had some great arms. I mean, yeah. that makes you know, great pitching staff makes. Geniuses out of out of uh, Man. inferior managers, yeah. but not this one. <laughs> well, we don't have a great pitching staff, <laughs> exactly. but they had a formula. They had starters, and they had some great starters. They'd come out, you know, six seven innings. They turned the ball over 
to uh, Dwayne Ward, who then turned the ball over to Tom Hinkie. Yes. And the odd time when a starter had you had to pull him out after five innings, you had another middle reliever that would take take the ball and take it to Ward, who then give it to Hinkie. An incredible right? Jays team. But you've got to get you have to have arms that can do that. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, Nats, or if, if if the listeners want to call in and tell me that I'm wrong. I don't see it on this team. Yeah, give us a call at 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Naz, what do you think of that? Well, I want to get back to Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock. <laughs> oh, did, we, did you mention Mike Babcock? Yes, I did, or, just uh... briefly, and I said when we get back that we'd, we'd address it. So. We apologize. You're absolutely correct. The Leafs, Tim Lewicki, who runs the Leafs organization, has to make a big splash as a coach. The first guy they're going to go after is Mike Babcock. The Detroit Red Wing coach. I believe he has. Uh, just remind the listeners that Mike Babcock's under contract. We can talk yeah, yeah, about but it, but Lewicki can't. No, but uh, yeah. they can approach Detroit to ask permission, permission. to uh, form Mike Babcock. Babcock has done this before in Anaheim where he would not sign an extension and then he was fired by the Ducks. But I'm not saying Detroit will fire him, but that's the guy the Leafs need to bring in as a high-profile coach. And you never know, Shanahan and him do have a history. So look look for that in the next week or two. Well, you think that's going to be the answer to the Leafs right now, Naz? You think that's that's what they need? They, you, we had the discussion across the street this morning, and uh, you're as high as a kite on this. Well, Babcock's a fantastic coach. I mean, let's call I mean, it, that's the reality. And he'd be fantastic would as a coach. Would he be interested in being here? Oh, we have no idea. We'd have to ask him. Yeah. But um, would he be interested? Um, I think he might be interested. I'll tell you why. I mean, I think he's accomplished everything in Detroit that he can possibly accomplish. Yeah. He, he, he's, uh, you know, one, one cup there, had a, had a great run. It's a team that may be on the downslide. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's best days. I mean, they lost Lidstrom, barely made the playoffs this year, or, or got, got in in the eighth seed anyways. And uh, he may be reading the tea leaves. Maybe it's time to move on. Yep. Yeah. We're going to go to commercial. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Sean Clemens. He's going to talk about targeting and alignment. Mr. Golf Wisdom. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. It took 25 light years for the stars to illuminate the prairies. It took millions of years to forge the Rockies. And it took thousands of years for the forests to pierce the glaciers and for valleys to replace lakes. Nature took its time. Take your time discovering Canada. Aboard the Canadian. Beauty takes no shortcuts. Details at viarail.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Settler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. 
Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when my wife accused me of having an affair. How could I tell her that I was hopelessly in love with extra thin crust pizza from Pizzaville? I didn't ask for this to happen. It was so thin, so delicate, so delicious. I can't bear to share it with my wife. She wants me to see a counsellor, but I don't want to share it with him either. Call Pizzaville for an extra thin crust pizza at 736-3636. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Look at us, we're back at the uh, Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Don't forget to give us a call at 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. Sean Clement in the house. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, and morning Sean. This is a topic that is close to my heart because I couldn't hit, and I don't want to use the word. Um, the side of a barn? The, well, <laughs> if that's where... That's where the, we do hit. That's a pretty big target, Sean. I think I, I might... <laughs> I think I probably hit a few of those. Well, <laughs> Anyways. Actually, if, if somebody was aiming for a barn, they would probably have a hard time doing it from the side. It's one of the, uh, one of the biggest issues in golf, and the reason is really simple. Two and a half to four million years yeah. of facing forward as a human being, there's a reason why our eyeballs are at the front of our face. Yeah. If you try to align yourself from the side, you will be seriously flawed. So if you look at Jack Nicklaus, he couldn't live without an intermediate point. So the key to proper alignment, when you go to the range today or next week, you pick a spot about two feet in front of the ball from 10 feet back. Face your target straight on with your eyeballs facing forward. Pick a spot in front of the ball that is between your ball and the target. Use that spot only two feet out. That's it. To align yourself to your target. Now you're using your four million year old vision to find that spot because the vision we have from the side is zero years old. We've never had to use that vision for survival in the history of the human being. Where the heck have you been? Uh, just to follow up on that, I just want to remind viewers uh, it's Sean Clement, the most popular teacher on YouTube, over 20 million hits, 40,000 subscribers, awesome stuff, 16,000 members on his forum www.wisdomandgolf.com and you can find Sean at the Richmond Hill Learning Center. Going back to that point you were making, Sean, about um, lining up with a spot or something that's... An intermediate point. An intermediate point. So you're on the golf course, you're lining up to a shot, you're looking for an intermediate point. Um, Just a couple of feet. What does it physically look like on the ground? What what, what are we talking about? It could be a divot, an old divot. It could be a a, a patch of discolored grass. It doesn't even have to be exactly on that line. Let's say it's a little left of your target. So you say, okay, now if if I just swing to the right edge of that intermediate point, I'll find my target. So now when you line up next to the ball, you want to feel that your your feet are parallel to that line. And don't pay any attention to the distant target because it will mess you up every time. 
okay? And now you have uh, an intermediate point that's going to help guide your swing out to your target. And, and it's going to be much easier for you to stay with your target because if the ball becomes your target, you're toast. Uh, so once you're lined up properly, especially you'll, you'll see a, a, a lot of our students have a tendency to line up way too far to the right and have to swing toward their bodies to find the target. And that, that's the biggest destroyer of a golf swing is poor alignment. So you really have to pay attention to it if you, you want to get to the next level in golf. So you're not, you're not teaching your students to hit at the golf ball. Never you're teaching your students to swing the golf club like in hockey and when you're the golf club to a target you collect the puck and release the puck into the direction you want the puck to go a top left corner so your focus is on top left corner it's not on the puck you know where the puck is so same thing with the golf swing you're collecting the ball and releasing it to a destination if you got into your car and a big thick fog fell onto your car and you couldn't see two feet in front of your face where would you go nowhere you need a target. And if our listeners want to follow up on this target concept yes. a little bit more, have, have a YouTube. look at my video is entitled Dynamic versus Static, Part 1 and 2, Sean Clement. Search that on YouTube and it'll give you fantastic insight as to how to stay with your target and how to be focused on your target, not defaulting to the ball. And just reminding our listeners on YouTube, it's Sean Clement. S-H-A-W-N. That's it. Dynamic versus static. That's it. They're going to go look at that, that, that video and give us some idea what they're going to find on there. Well, they're, they're going to see what happens when their swing defaults to the ball versus when their swing stays on target. You see, so if you're, if you're hitting the ball to the left and your divots are facing left, it's not your alignment. That's where people get fooled. It's you going after the ball. That's you trying to beat a snake into the ground versus you swinging out to a target, your body positions are going to be very different when you're swinging out to a target versus swinging to a ball. That, that's interesting s concept of swinging out to a target. Uh, do you have any drills that listeners can uh, Well, one of, one of my on videos, one of my videos is entitled Throwing the Club. Throwing the Club. Okay, but also, you need a really safe place okay. for this, okay, guys? <laughs> I've done that many times. <laughs> well, I'm going to show you how to throw the club properly. Okay, give us an idea. What, uh, well, if, what, if, what, what, what would you go through with students in terms of throwing the club? We have a nice netted area inside of our facility, and uh, we teach our students how to throw the club. Actually, uh, uh, another pro named Fred Shoemaker uh, built his, his little you know, teaching empire around that, uh, that aspect of golf, and it's extremely valuable sensation and focus to build into your golf swing. And that's, that's what we're all about, is to find the right analogies that are going to lead into the right feel. And then you play with that feel when you go out to the golf course. If you're thinking about the Muppet Show, the, all these positional things that, uh, that'll d distract you from your target, it, you're just going to have a very frustrating time out there. And I notice uh, part of your uh, teaching is you, you, you want your students to feel the weight Correct. We're of the golf club. The arm and club unit. See, when you, when you put the, the golf club is an extra bone that you connect to the, to the bones of your body. And your portable ligaments, tendons and muscles, your fingers and your hands wrap around that bone. And, and you should feel a very strong connection from the shoulder socket straight down to the club head. So you're using the weight of that arm club unit because we're gravity geniuses as human beings, right? 
So, and that's and that's typically what we do. We 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 allow you to use that to deliver your 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 action to your target. It's fascinating stuff. Sean Clement, www.wisdomingolf.com. I love this guy. You want to improve your golf game? I you highly highly recommend it. And on a personal level, Sean, I think I got a couple lessons booked with you. Yes, I got to come in because I got these guys on at play with on Saturday. They're, they're shysters. They're sandbaggers. They've constantly got their hand in my pocket, removing cash from my pocket, and that's got to stop. Well, you know, you know what? I'm actually putting them on my tax return as dependents, so I'm tired of that. So I want to be taking the money out of people, other people's pockets. So I'm going to be in, well, in, in, in my fine time. print. In my fine print, when you take a lesson from me, ten percent of your golf earnings come back to me. So oh, I'm very motivated. So uh, I'll be in to see you at the Richmond Hill Learning Center probably sometimes this week. Sometime this week because we want to get this golf season it's another great started. Tip. Oh, it's another oh. great tip from Sean Clement, man. Anyways, thanks. Thank you. Very thanks, much. Guys. Sean Clement. How? Wisdom in golf, our golf wisdom expert. We have four I, think, I guess, Wally, you want to pull a Joel Quenville when you beat those other guys. <laughs> don't you? We, have, we have four minutes left. Where do we want to go with this? Do we want to finish off with well, the Well, we're talking about discussion? Babcock. I Perfect. mean, that would, you know, Naz pulled that one it's out. It's an you entire know what? show. That's, that's, uh, it's an entire show. Um, uh, there, I mean, there's certain legal uh, requirements that would have to be met for that to happen. Number one, Babcock's under contract right now with the Detroit Red Wings, and we believe he's on for what, another two years? Yeah, it looks like two years, but you never know with these coaches' contracts. There could be out clauses. There could be all sorts of stuff in there, so you don't really know. But it it, it has it at two years. And he'd be, uh, he, uh, he mean, he'd be great for the Leafs. But uh, Ken Holland's no uh, no slouch. I mean, he'd he'd want to negotiate a, uh, you know, if he's going to let Babcock go, which is all speculation. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't haven't heard that rumor until uh, until saw until I saw you come up with it, Naz. And but it sort of makes. Uh, Makes sense in some ways. What's the chance? But if Holland's going to let Babcock go, there's going to be a price. And he ain't going to let him go for free. You know what this reminds me of? The situation when um, Pat Burns came into Toronto with with coaching Montreal. It's similar to that situation. Burns ended up coaching the Leafs and he was still under contract. So you don't know what clauses there are in the contract. And you being a lawyer, you you, you know that there's always clauses in contracts and releases. a, a, A contract is whatever two people agree to. And yeah. every contract's different, so there could be something unique in that contract. Yeah, that's for um, sure. But Ken Holland, um, I'm, I'm going to presume he, he isn't going to let his coach go um, unless he wants to go, and and he will negotiate a deal with the Leafs if it ever came to that. I mean, it's so there's still highly there's still highly speculative left on Babcock's contract, right? That's so, what I mean, it like shows. Yeah. So right? that's what it shows. I mean. It, uh, there is precedent for coaches leaving. Uh, when when uh, Farrell left the Jays, did uh, did did Boston? Did, I, I, my, my recollection doesn't serve me that well. Did Boston have to pay anything for him? Yeah, there was something involved in there, but it wasn't much. Now he had two years left on his contract, and he wanted to go back to Boston, and the Jays did not release him. And he, and he had a, a terrible year, Farrell, as manager of the uh, Red Sox. So there is uh, that does match to what happened with Farrell and the Blue Jays. With what Babcock uh, will will be going through if the Leafs approach Detroit to talk to him. Can I just to... slide out of the show with a couple of predictions? First of all, uh, Raptors, both of you. Sean, you want to throw your hat into the ring? And uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh, playoff hockey. Who are you thinking wins and losses are going to be for the you know for the balance of this week going into next week? Where's our discussion going to end up? What do you think about the Raptors? What do you think, Walter? Raptors are going to win tonight. They're going to win the series in seven. The other things I'm going to be looking for this week, Habs and Bruins. 
going to be a fantastic series. Reminds me of uh, a great series in the late 1960s. I don't know if you remember this one, Naz. Six games, Jean Beliveau scores in double overtime in Boston. Habs go on to win the Cup. We'll that was see that. just before the Bruins we'll see took off. What do you think, Naz? I think the Raptors will win one more game, and that'll be game uh, five at home. They'll you're lose tonight and lose in six games to uh, Brooklyn. I hope you're wrong. Me too, but that's what <laughs> I—that's uh, my honest belief. We're going to go out on that note, and thank everybody for listening in this week, and hope to see hear you again next week. And, Sean, thanks for coming in again. Awesome. Pleasure, guys. And we'll go from Good there. stuff, Sean. All right. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.